And it's the Rhett Palmer Show. <laughs> With our new studio audience. <laughs> Nothing like having a fake audience. Yes. <laughs> it's better than no audience. Better than no audience. You know. Hey, you know, what does it matter? If you're fooling yourself, it's okay. As long as you think you're having a good time, right? So we have, uh, of course, we have former U.S. Uh, diplomat uh, David Hunter is in the studio live. Good morning, Mr. David Hunter. Good morning, Rhett. I think we need to move that microphone probably closer to you. No, you might want to come and take a look at this. Those guys that were in here last night doing the show. Yeah, that's right. They move stuff around. And then we have the... And then we have, of course, Jim Feeney. Jim Feeney, how are you? A round of applause for Jim Feeney. Yay. Good to see you, Jim Feeney is a... Um, what do you call the investor you are? Oh. Uh, uh, I'm just a... Sir, venture capitalist. Venture capitalist. Venture capitalist, yeah. yeah. Venture Not, capitalist. <clears throat> originally from uh, the Silicon Valley, right? No, originally from the Boston area. Oh, Boston. But spent time in Silicon Valley. Boston baked beans. Baked beans, yeah. yes. I got inducted into Transcendental Meditation when I was 16 in Boston, over by the commons. Really? Oh, my little flowers. We could today, we could give you a, uh, anyway. Common occurrence. That was back in the 60s, you know. So good to have you here, Jim Feeney. And of course, we have Cynthia Holstein, and she's just walked in off the street selling flowers. <laughs> Thanks, Rat. <laughs> the Flower Girl. Good morning. Yeah. The Flower Girl. What's that song? The Flower Girl. Anyway, it's nice to have you here. It's always Thank good you. to have a little feminine yeah. touch. That's you know, me. It, it, yeah. get that in the recipe. It changes the whole recipe. You know? So we appreciate you being here. All right, there's a lot to talk about today. Jim Feeney, of course, he has his own podcast and is very popular. And what's the name of it? It's called the Locally Grown Podcast. Locally Grown. <laughs> he won't take my advice. I still sounds like a pot. It's like you're talking about pot. <laughs> Locally Grown, you know. Well, oh, man, you're not working at some of that stuff. Yeah. We're going to do more pot stories this year. Hey, this is Jim Feeney. <clears throat> it's popular in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> it's popular in Colorado. And you yeah. just got back from Utah, right? I did. Skiing? Skiing, yes. Skiing. Medicinal for my back. Yeah, oh. Yeah. yeah. You okay with your back? Yeah, it's better after I ski, I'll is tell it? you that. Yeah. I will tell you this, and this is true. I had <clears throat> remember a few weeks ago I was having a lot of pain in my back. Couldn't yeah. figure out what it was. I mean, it would go like, like if I moved in this chair, it would go... <laughs> The things, and i like... And I've had that happen before where it got even so bad I was screaming death. But uh, but this was going like this. So I went to two chiropractors down in Stewart. Didn't, no, I went to one chiropractor twice in Stewart. I went to one chiropractor up here twice who's helped me in the past. Did, not with back, but something else. Didn't work. I went to see Danny Caranto, acupuncturist. First time. I've only went to see him once. Totally. Absolutely. All of it gone. And about 15 years ago, he, by the way, he became a full-fledged doctor. He's obviously an alternative medicine guy. But he became a full-fledged doctor a couple of years ago, went back to med school in the 60s. But he's very gifted. But I had a knee problem. I was interviewing Tommy Lee Jones, the famous actor, and I leaned down because he leaned down to sign an autograph for a little boy. And so I leaned down, too, and you can hear right on the It goes, pop! I went, oh! And so uh, that was for three months was bothering me. Had the bandage, the whole thing. Nothing seemed to help. Went to see Danny Caranto. One visit. Healed. I need this his guy, number. This guy is gifted with acupuncture, 5,000 years of knowledge. So go see Danny Caranto. He's a good friend and a man who really cares about your health. Also, today's broadcast is brought to you by Center for Advanced Eye Care. Great eye doctors that genuinely care about your eye care. They also have a new satellite location just opened up 
in Fort Pierce, Florida. And you can hear one of those interviews. We'll be posting it later today with one of the new doctors. But there's a lot to talk about here with these fellas and gal. Uh, death of Russian political dissent, uh, Alexei Nav- Navalny. 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 He seemed to be well-liked. I heard he was a Christian. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a very dedicated Christian. Right. And uh, sort of... Uh, Sort of received the same kind of treatment that they're trying to to push on Donald Trump. That they're taking someone who runs against the uh, the incumbent and put them behind bars. Well, they did that with him, and then he suddenly dies. Yeah. Well. Well. There's really uh, there's really no uh, comparison, uh, to be honest, with these two cases because uh, Navalny is up against a uh, what I call a satanic monster. Vladimir Putin is the pinnacle of evil. He is he is one absolute terrible person. Did you watch the interview with Tucker? No, I didn't. Well, and, so and this really I, helps hurt your credibility. Did you? I bet you did. I watched uh, parts of it. I, I, really I want, became you tedious. It, even if it's something you don't want to do, you still need to do it. Yeah. You know, you because I want to be able to talk Our, about it. Yeah. I'd like to be able to ask you, did well, you see it? No, I didn't. But what's so enlightening about it? I'd like to know that. He thinks he's Peter the Great. He's, you know, who? Putin. He fancies himself a savior of Russia. No, that's just. Uh, and you know, actually, uh, Peter the Great was great. Do you know how he lost his life? A common person <clears throat> fell into the icy waters in winter. He jumped in to save the person, which he did, but then he got uh, uh, sick. Yeah, well, well, anyways, let's not confuse Vladimir Putin with Peter the Great, even though no. he may confuse himself with that. He yes. may have this image of himself being some great man. You know, yeah. uh, this is a book called From Russia with Blood. With blood. Which is a detailed account. Very it's a takeoff uh, from a movie that was from Russia with love. That came yeah, out years it's ago. right. And it, from it's Russia a, with blood. And it's a detailed account of Vladimir Putin's murderous activities over the years. He has been murdering his political opponents. Yeah, but that's an old book. Well, it's not that old. Could this you was, look inside and see when it was? Yeah, uh, this released? was this was published in uh, um, 2019. It's not an old book. 2019. Let me see. Yeah. How did you get it so yellowed so yeah. fast? All right. Anyway, Red, let's okay. focus on the uh, on the story. The, the, <laughs> the, uh, it looked like something it came from. It looked like something you bought from a book from a library that was close. How to get did out. it get so yeah. yellow? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, the the reality. The, the this book, of course, tells the story. It, it says the, the subtitle is the Kremlin's ruthless assassination program, and Vladimir Putin's secret war on the West. Now, and this is very so this accurate. This is why I wanted you to see him, because there's a time yeah. when he does the interview. He's very, very clear-headed and seems to be right yeah. on target. But then he kind of goes into him looking like this. Right. A little bit almost googled that, and I thought, is yeah. this just me, or is it is that a telltale sign? I'd like to talk to a psychoanalyst, yeah. Yeah. you know, so they can you know, physical well, telltale it, signs that give away what's really going on inside a man, you know. In, in, in Putin's case, Putin doesn't give away much, okay? He fooled uh, George W. Bush. Bush I've looked always, into his eyes. Yes, and I can see his soul. The reality is Vladimir Putin does not have a soul. He is. He is. Now that is a judgment, though. Yeah, I know. I'm just. I'm trying to make a point to our audience. This is a man who is a professional liar. The KGB lying school. He's probably got a master's or a PhD. In well, who was his friend that he blew up uh, in the jet a few months ago? Uh, that was Prigozhin. Uh, uh, Prigozhin. Yuri yeah. Prigozhin. Yeah, that's. Well, that the, was stupid to turn back. He. He poisoned. We were all kind of hopeful that he was going to yeah. go on, and well, he, maybe things will change. Yeah, over that there. would have been nice. He poisoned uh, uh, Litvinenko back I in remember London. That. With with uh, did he survive that? No, he didn't. He died. Uh, and he, uh, in my view, 
he murdered uh, Boris Berezovsky, uh, who was uh, the, a, a major oligarch who opposed him and tried to set up a, a news media uh, channel. Uh, he was the owner of a news media yeah. channel yeah. that was, was that. kind of opposing yeah. Putin. And so, now, they, now they took this little girl who's a ballerina. Pretty stupid to do this because we're about to limit, Biden's about to limit some things that Putin can't do or whatever in retribution for killing this guy. But, uh, you know, you're going to hold a, a, a ballerina, a little teeny tiny ballerina. Yeah, I well, mean, she was, she's a, she's a Russian American. She, she moved to Russia. You're saying she's a spy she, or something? What are they They're claiming she's a spy. Oh and what the State Department, go back there. what the State Department is saying is that not just for Russian Americans, but for American Americans, do not. Remain in Russia. They're saying, leave Russia. If you are in Russia, get out. That's you know, the announcement I have to was. tell you this. I went to Russia, Moscow. Yeah. Uh, what's the other place? Uh, St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg. No one harmed me there. I mean, it was kind of rough in that I was on the jet from um, from St. Petersburg to, Ru- to Moscow and then back. And when I asked one of the girls who was the uh, stewardess, and we look like almost like men, I said, can, I, can, I, can I take your photo? No. You know, and then the guards at the Kremlin. Can I take a photo? No. I mean, they, there was no warmth. So anyway, I get back, and I remember a lady sweeping the sidewalk on a Sunday in St. Petersburg, and a little old lady, a bash, what do you call the ba, ba, babushka? Babushka. She's there, and it's like it's almost like I said. This looks like it's in black and white, even though there's color. Right. It was Red. like it was in black Red. and white. You've got your song. You can sing. On. Yeah, a little later. But, okay. but, but the thing is. <laughs> a million babushka tears. Yes. Well, yeah. It goes, I, I try to write a song wherever I go. It's a, yeah. it's a long, long ride. Now, the, when you're coming into Moscow, how about have you been to Moscow? Okay. Yeah. It's nothing but big, cold, concrete apartments. No coloring, no painting. And they're, and, they're, and they're taking you and saying, well, people live in there. There'd be like maybe five families with one bathroom and one apartment. Anyway. It's a long, long ride to Moscow. Seems like fifteen hundred years, with a with a, a, a ten million concrete apartments and a billion babushka tears. I saw the ghost of Stalin rising, but not even <coughs> death lived in his eyes. The sun was melting the horizon, and freedom was on the rise. Well, I was hopeful that freedom was on the rise. This morning, you know. Well, Things and, and, changed, and but, you know, I was hopeful. I served in Ukraine. Uh, at the time, and I, I studied Russia at the time that the, the Soviet Union was collapsing. And I, with Gorbachev, I was actually at the, uh, at the White House at the time that Ronald Reagan was meeting with Gorbachev. I was out in the yard, not in the house itself, but we had a big gathering, and he was yeah. in, Reagan spoke. Uh, and uh, Oh, you were there? I, I was there, yeah. And, I liked uh, Gorbachev, did you? I, I liked Gorbachev, and, and I think that— it's He a, tried. He tried. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, they got a kind of a—, a, a, a Charismatic but ineffective drunk, uh, Boris Yeltsin, who ran the country for a while. And then because he had committed crimes, his family had committed crimes while in office. And Putin knew about all those. They picked Putin. They picked Putin with an agreement. We'll let you retire quietly. You can either die or you can leave. Well, they they said Putin made a compact. As his first edict when he— Now, what is a compact? A compact, an agreement, a deal, uh, a bargain. Uh, the first. How is that different than a contract? Well, it's similar, but it's a government-to-government thing. It's not, you know, uh, business-to-business. So he made a promise to Putin. Uh, the first thing when I get in office is I will pardon you for all the crimes you have committed. 
And that's one of the that's yeah. one of the reasons why yeah. Boris Yeltsin supported Putin in office ah. because he got a, a get out of jail free card yeah. as part of the deal yeah. by putting Putin in, and <clears throat> and people did think at first, including me, uh, I thought Putin was probably better than Boris. At least he was sober and sane, uh, even though he's a KGB guy, uh, and that he might get the the because Russia was was wild east of mafiosa at the yeah. time of Yeltsin. And so there was some belief that the tough guy of, of Putin would, would get things back under control. Now you remember the liberal guy that used to come in with the other guys, and he, would, he, he met Putin when he was the mayor? Yeah, that's uh, Professor Paul. Is he still alive? Uh, yeah, he's up in, uh, Connecticut. Up in Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. so, so uh, uh, anyway, the, the point is uh, Putin uh, fooled everybody. Yeah. He fooled, uh, including the Russians. And he is now... Uh, by the way, running for office, he's going to run Who? for president. Putin is going to Why run for office. Run for the office? elections are coming up next month. What election? Next month in Russia. Yeah, there's no elections, right? In, well, there are no elections. Guess what? You kill your opponents. Alexei Navalny was his opponent, his main political well, just opponent. Just like in America, you cast all these aspersions upon them. Look, let me tell you something. Donald Trump did business as usual. Even one of the guys all from right. the shark. No, no, I'm going to say it came out of the shark tank and said, look, this is what you do. You say this is what this is worth. They say, no, it's not. The bank says, you say it's worth $200 million. We say it's only worth $100. Red. How about $107? Let me finish. And they give him the loan. <laughs> Donald Trump paid back all his loans. He did not commit any crime here. And for you not to acknowledge that puts a, puts a, puts a dent me. in your credibility. Raising your voice and pointing a finger does not make you right. Okay? It makes me right. <laughs> it does not. And, yes. and by the way, the courts have already decided this, not you, and the hey, courts the have courts, decided it. Yeah. That court, that guy, the that courts. liberal the creep, courts. Yeah, okay. that liberal creep. Okay. So if you want to overthrow the courts, then you can. That non judge? If you want oh, to. By the way, I ran to, you know, Big Shots over here. Do you ever go golf at Big Shots? I, I went yeah. to lunch the other yes. day with a pastor friend of mine and this little boy who's, you know, anyway, it doesn't really matter. But anyway, we're up there and we're playing golf and this lady comes up to she's way. I said, Where are you from? She said, I just moved here a week ago from Manhattan. She says, I can't even, get, I used to take the subway to work. I can't get on the subway safely. They're even, they're even punching cops, yep. they're shooting at cops. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. Putin. Uh, Biden has ruined Manhattan. Okay. And that's coming from a New Yorker. Okay, we're, we're, we're getting off track here. We're talking about Alexei Navalny. And actually what I want to do, yes. what I want to do since he was, he was uh, killed yes. in prison, I'm going to describe the situation he was killed. Uh, but I'd like to, to, us to say there's a, I brought an, an icon from Russia, and this is of the— That's beautiful. Uh, the, you brought this back with you? I brought that back with me. That, that's a, uh, uh, a typical— Byzantine. Byzantine icon— uh, from Russia, also very similar to those um, from Byzantine Constantinople. That's yep. where they got the no, influence. Where did I say that I was in the museum in... Uh, Hermitage. The Hermitage. Yeah. What really was I was aghast at is yeah. that there's all kinds of everything is decorated in gold. Here, take a look oh, at that. Yeah. Uh, in gold and... Um, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, uh, what, I, what I want us to do is is to say a little prayer for Alexei Navalny. Yeah, let's okay. do that. I, okay. I do that. Okay. okay. Um, should I do it or do you want to do it? Go ahead. Oh, David, David, okay, I will. Okay. Uh, dear Lord, um, please look after the soul of Alexei Navalny. He was a freedom fighter uh, fighting for democracy and freedom in Russia uh, against uh, all odds. Uh, he showed incredible bravery and discipline and peace and love uh, to try to help people to uh, 
to reach freedom and escape from this horrible dictatorship, this evil dictatorship of Vladimir Putin. And uh, please help the Russian people uh, to uh, achieve their freedom and for uh, Vladimir Putin to receive his uh, just punishment. For and, and also, uh, let, let this death not be in vain, because you, you, you have a, your personality that you take uh, things that are negative and turn them into positive, somehow make his uh, life and death count for the yes, good of the Russian yes. people. And Amen. That, he, that he won't be forgotten. He Amen. Won't be forgotten. Yeah. Jesus Amen. Name we pray. Yeah. What do you consider just punishment, David? Well, uh, in Vladimir Putin's case, he can spend uh, eternity in hell. That's that's okay, basically that's just punishment. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the end of the line right that's there. The end of the what, line. what if he were a believer? <laughs> well, you th- still well think he, he is he is not a believer. In fact, he is a false believer. Okay. And so is his uh, the actually the the who uh, Putin is Putin and the patriarch. Oh, he uh, he goes around pretending he's very religious. Well, so does Biden, who believes no, no, in wait, Biden. No, no, wait, don't bring up Biden. So does Biden. So does Biden, who believes in the murder of babies. So does Biden, who believes in the murder of babies. Take that bell. So does Biden. So does Biden, who believes in the murder of babies. No, I will not be silent about the baby okay, killing. Okay, you you're, you can talk about he's that. He's a devil. You can talk about that on another show. Okay. Yeah, the um, the the issue here we're talking about. Why do you is, want to ignore that? We're talking the about the guy's a baby Red, killer. Red, it's the same thing. Okay. We got a liar here. We got a liar Red, there. Red, Stip, stipulate. Own up to that. Then Red, you might have some credibility. Red, what you're talking there, about? There, Repeating there. the same point over and over. <laughs> just making <weakens> your stance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Noah. All right. <laughs> What'd you say? You found brain damage. <laughs> okay. This because I can't get through. It's my show, and I can't get to speak. Yeah. They want to muzzle me, just like Red. they want to muzzle everybody Red. else. That Red. sounds very familiar Red. these days. Have the you been on the, Facebook lately? The yeah. men in the okay. white jackets are on their way. Yeah, they're on their way. <laughs> I forgot okay. about Finney. All right, he, let me. Finney lives with the liberals, so he's got to kind of walk. You right. You got to walk the edge there. You're gonna get me in all kinds of trouble. <laughs> okay. I love okay. my Mrs. Wife. Finney, I like it. You're a beautiful yeah. lady, but you know. Okay. Okay. Uh, let me working. let me describe a little bit about uh, poor Mr. Navalny's last days. I'd love uh, to hear about He it. was sent. Uh, he was imprisoned. He he had been poisoned with with uh, Novichok, which is a uh, a, a military grade uh, nerve uh, agent. Nerve agent. How do you know that's what it was? The they did it in Germany. They they okay. suspected that he was poisoned because in we were told they have a lot of nerve. He brought he brought they brought him to Sorry. Germany. He was treated that with at a military hospital. For Novichok poisoning. Okay. Uh, in addition, uh, there was a there was a group later on that did a sting operation, uh, helped by Navalny himself, who identified some of the KGB agents who were involved in the poisoning itself. They got them to admit. I think it was because he was so glib the day before. He was before the judge. He seemed happy, and maybe it just ticked off uh, Putin or somebody. Well, it it's goes back to the elections. The elections are coming up next month. Well, he can't run. He's in prison. Well, the point is, he could comment on Putin as a candidate, and maybe what is it, what Putin doesn't do. He owns the election. Well, the reality. Just like Biden stole our election, Brad, Putin's going to steal his election. Please keep Biden and Trump out of this. Okay, let's leave <laughs> no, that out. No, it's going you're, around the world. We got dangerous times you're, here. You're, you're crossing over. Too much, uh, you know. It's he wants to be inter- he wants to be non. Uh, so, Rhett, just to just clear domestic. the air. Yes. I- as much as I might agree with you about yeah. Biden and yeah. so on, we are still a democracy, right? On our Russia, last legs, brother. Well, I, I, I'm more optimistic than that, and uh, and and to compare Ru- right. Putin's Russia 
with um, with the United States, it's just it's just not appropriate. It would, it's just not. We're we're nowhere near. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not <clears throat> everyone in the world is I'm trying to, to move here. With Biden and him. There's there there may or may not be similarities there, uh, but at the end of the day, it it it, it doesn't advance the uh, the argument that we have a a, a ruthless evil dictator. That did a I despicable thing. You guys, do you care about your country? You didn't even <clears throat> I watch do. Tucker Carlson do the interview. I, I did. I did watch it. Well, what did you think of Putin? <clears throat> I, I think he's a he's a, a you know a he's a psych, psychopath. Did you listen to a, enough of it? He had some pretty, enough of it. Pretty, it interesting. Yes, I, but he, he makes the same old points about the West and yeah. you know his grievances and so on. It was really it was incoherent towards the end, and he really kind of did all the talking. So Tucker, as much as I like Tucker Carlson, okay, will you do me a favor? He, will both of you watch it before next week? Now I won't be here; I'll be in Nevada. You're going to take over for me. It looks like, yeah, right? Well, I've already, I've, as, I, as I told you, I've watched most of it, and I'd like you to watch it. I've, so we can I've talk read, about it I've read, I've read a lot of the reviews about it, including the criticisms of Tucker Carlson as being basically a Putin. Uh, uh, stooge, well, you know what? Putin stooge, and these are by but, Republicans but that, are saying that's that fine. Is, that's fine, but you know what? Yeah. You let another man judge for you. Yeah. You see it. No. You decide. I've had people tell me bad things about people in this town. I go meet them and say, I don't find ought against this person because people are jealous. They can't even. They won't even admit mm-hmm. they're jealous. People don't like. They've got their minds made up in advance. Whereas people don't like me who've never met me. Well, I thought you ever said you're egotistical, arrogant, but you're not. I don't know. You know? Okay, well, well Rhett, let me just say <laughs> this. I've been studying Russia and the Soviet Union for 30 years. Yes, you have. And okay? we, we defer Excuse to you, but I just want you to— yes, and, and, and therefore, I already know what Putin is and who he is and what he represents and what he thinks. I know that. I've been talking about Vladimir Putin— for yes, since he years. invaded yes. Crimea, you're talking loud, by the okay, way. Okay, excuse me. We go back and forth. Last week, I was loud. This well, week. I'm I'm trying to emphasize a point. Yes, I'm not some ignorant That's stooge. Right. You're a former I'm not an U.S. Ignorant, diplomat. I'm not an ignorant right? stooge. I'm not an ignorant stooge like Tucker Carlson. <laughs> okay, who He's is letting a- himself be used and manipulated. Okay. Now we'll get to that. Actually, we're going to talk about Vladimir Putin in the next segment. What about Navalny's David, last think days? About we didn't hear this about way. If you watch <laughs> it, you can dismantle his talking points one by one. Yeah, I know, but I'd never have a chance to because Rhett would interrupt True. me. What so, about the last Feeney's days? Feeney's going to be in here next week. Feeney yeah. will let you talk. Okay. Can we hear about the last days? Let's yeah. hear about the last I days. I really like to hear about okay. it. And now for the last days. <laughs> All right. Cynthia's asking for the last yes. days. Okay. She's, I want to know about she's, that. She's uh, very keen on this. He was sent. Uh, uh, in uh, right about the time that Vladimir Putin announced he was running for re-election, yeah. he was sent to a new penal colony north of the uh, of the uh, Siberia, north of the uh, Arctic the, the Arctic Circle, yeah. called Polar Wolf. That's the name of the. Oh my yep. word! Polar Sounds wolf. inviting, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. The Polar Wolf Inn. Yeah. Now, yeah. now they actually Radio Radio Free Europe did a report. Radio Free Europe did a report on this <clears throat> Polar Wolf. Mm-hmm. Said, Who, where's this place that they've sent Navalny? They said one of the guys that had been released from Polar Wolf said one of the things they do is they they force you to stand in formation. You you cannot clap or rub your hands. You have to stand for 30, 40 minutes without moving in minus 45 degree yeah. weather. Minus 45 outside for 30, 40 minutes. If one person moves, the whole group is doused with water. So it sounds like a blast. It sounds like a torture is what it amounts to. That's one example of the, the treatment that the prisoners receive 
in these. These places are former gulags. Okay, you've heard of Solzhenitsyn. Do you do this to put fear in the proletariat back It's home? not the proletariat. Well, it's... And, and keep in mind, uh, Alexei Navalny, he was uh, sentenced to corruption charges for creating and financing an extremist community. Now, he was a billionaire, right? No, that's not. That's, oh, that's, that's, not, that's Kozorovsky. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, that's a different guy. Alexei Navalny, Alexei Navalny uh, was, was uh, charged on corruption charges for creating and financing an extremist com- uh, community. In other words, a community that wanted democracy. Yeah. And they also uh, claim, the, uh, the FSB claims, that the, um, that's the Russian intelligence they claim that uh, Navalny was working uh, with the CIA seeking to destabilize Russia. Okay? So they're using now these f- fake claims that, oh, he was uh, a CIA agent and, uh, uh, and we're going to throw him in, in prison. And then finally, uh, just before the elections, uh, he dies. Now, one, people said, well, why did Putin kill him now? You know, why he could have killed him anytime. He, he had the chance. You know, whenever yeah. Putin clips his fingers, he can make Maybe that. because he wanted everybody to know. Oh, I know why. To put the fear of God in people so they don't come against him for the election. Got it. Got it. You've got it. He, he did it. Timing oh, he was, was so that nobody would. That. No, yeah. He was saving the, the death. So that now people, anybody that does but oppose Putin will show his up. Body, Maybe he's not dead. No, he's dead. He's dead. There's no doubt. His wife is convinced of that, too. Uh, but but he's not releasing the body either because they had killed him with chemicals again and they want the chemicals to, to di- go, yeah. disappear or uh, just to torture the wife. Is that know. a slow death with that nerve agent? Or? Well, it depends on the uh, how much you get. It de- Novichok is one agent. Uh, polonium is another one. That Litvinenko Novichok? was. Novichok is the one that, that yeah. he was given before. Sounds like a Novichok yeah. yeah. Depend, but, depending on how much you get, it's slow, it's it's radiation poisoning, and there's mm-hmm. a place of plutonium. Okay, but, let me ask you this. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's unpleasant. So when you're involved with the mafia, for instance, you know, the, the Italian mafia, right. they don't kill a common guy like me. They have nothing. That's okay. We have nothing against you, Palmer. But if I try to get in the game or I try to go in their territory and sell heroin or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so other than that, so if I don't play that game, do you think Putin somehow justifies that, hey, the common person in Russia is doing okay financially? They're all eating lots of potatoes and drinking vodka. None of them. I'm not threatening any of the common people. But if you come up against me, you know, you know what I'm saying? So is, is that how maybe he justifies this? Yeah, there, there is. Um, I mean, are the common, are the regular people in Russia doing okay financially? No, they're going to war and dying, right? The common oh, people are you, dying you, because you there's a war in Ukraine. Ukraine. He lived where, in Ukraine, you know, for a few years. Well, we know that. He's been on my podcast several times. <laughs> uh, a lot. I, I know a lot about David. Yeah, yeah. He's a good man. Stealing my uh, guests, huh? Hey. Hey. I don't interrupt him as much as you do. No, you don't. <laughs> no, but... Uh, 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 you know, the common man in Russia, again, I'd, I'd recommend a, a book that's uh, uh, several, many years older than that called uh, Putin Country, written by Anne Garrels, who was uh, the uh, BBC correspondent, PBS for many years. Uh, and she lived in Russia and she told a story about what a mafia run police state looks so like. This guy that was going to go in and take <coughs> over and then he turned around and now he blew up his, him in the, on the jet. What's his name? Prigozhin. Prigozhin. 
Why would he stop midway? Unless they said, you, Dr. Vladimir, I'll let you go free, but if not, I'm going to pull the toenails out of your former wife and your children, and they'll die a horrible death. And so he turns back. What would make that man turn back? He thought he had a deal. He thought he had a deal to, to live and survive. And well, why attempt this thing? Half measures avail nothing. You don't go halfway to, to have a coup, right? I don't know. Am I, I right? I don't know why, and I don't know why it's important. At the end of the day, Putin's an evil Evil guy. I have to be honest with you, in my heart, when Pergosia was doing that, remember the night it was happening? I was like, oh, man, this would be great. We'll have a new beginning in Russia. That's what I thought. Yeah, you thought wrong. But he hadn't quit. No. Well, anyway, Putin has an approach of kill your enemies. How can a man Uh, be so evil? Yeah, he's, he's evil. That's what I said at the beginning, and that's an example of why I said it, because he, he is somebody... Uh, it's, there's no point in negotiating with Putin. You know, the, the, we talked about Ukraine. Let's negotiate a peace settlement. Okay, let's say, just say, take a chance. Look, all of a sudden, everything he told uh, the other guy, the, the interviewer, the Tucker, was real. So even if you really were essentially good, and all this evil that he knows about Americans and all these bad people was true, you, you wouldn't kill your competition. You'd at least put him on a boat, say, look, go to another country, or I'm going to put you in jail for the rest of your life. But, you know, to kill him, right, it's, it's, it sort of shows his cards. <clears throat> well, di- yeah. di- uh, dictators, dictators and authoritarians can have different styles. Putin's is more brutal. He doesn't care that people know or think or believe that he kills his opponents. He said he wasn't going to go into Ukraine. <clears throat> and then a few weeks later, Well, he guess what? He's he lies. He li- I he's told lies. you before, if his lips are moving, he's lying. Okay. Right. Let's move to the next topic. Why do I want to believe this? Let's move to the next topic. It just is, yeah. Okay, next topic. Uh, Okay, we're talking about Vladimir Putin says he wants Joe Biden to win the presidential. Boy, that'll help him win. (laughs) Trump just got some more votes. I think that's why he did it. But anyway, Vladimir Putin says he wants Joe Biden to win the presidential. Putin just publicly stated that he would favor having Biden. Well, that's it. There was a head Russian on TV last night who said if Trump had been in office— Matter of fact, he was the prime minister of Denmark or whatever, one of those countries. <clears throat> he said, if Trump had, was still the president, uh, Putin would not have gone into... Uh, All right, Rhett, Rhett maybe, maybe let's, not. let's go back and, and okay, analyze this. He said Biden is from the old guard and his actions will be more predictable. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Uh, does he really mean it or is he gaslighting? Is this election interference? Now... Explain to me the concept. Who knows it the best? Do you? What would? How would he be gas? Gaslighting is one. Like I, I understand the story. There's a man's married to a lady, and he keeps turning down the lights of the gas in the days of old. And she says it's dark, and he says not dark in here. You're, you know something's wrong with you. And she gets to believe it and goes insane. How is this gaslighting? How would this be gaslighting? Do you? Do anybody yeah. want to take this yeah. question? Yeah. Yeah. I. I do. Um, okay. I. I the, the, we said just the last five minutes or less than five minutes ago that when Putin speaks, he lies. Okay, Putin is now saying he supports Joe Biden for president. Guess what? I find this hilarious. Do you want to believe that? Do you want to believe that that's what Putin really thinks? I don't. Did he I, think he was helping Trump? I think, I, I, I think if you try to peel back the onion yes. a little bit, yeah. you can understand Putin is lying when he says that he supports Joe Biden. Why do that? Why would... He support Joe Biden when Joe Biden has strengthened NATO. He's got the uh, active uh, involvement in defending Ukraine. 
against a Republican Congress, by the way, that is saying, oh, I don't want to spend money on Ukraine. I'm ready to go on two weeks vacation. I find that disgraceful, disgusting. The American Congress is not doing their job. They are not helping defend. Every time the Ukrainians fight the Russians, they are defending American lives. We would be putting our own troops in danger and probably will. If Ukraine falls, this is not a prediction. This is this is an absolute. If Ukraine falls, we will You're saying then, it's going to fall. No, I'm saying if it falls, it is absolutely a, a, a stated fact that Putin is going to expand, continue expanding, just like Hitler continued to expand from Czechoslovakia into Poland and others. And when he expands, he's going to hit the wall of NATO. And as if Joe Biden is in the office of president, we will remain loyal to, to NATO. We will not denounce NATO and say... Sometimes we're in NATO and sometimes we're not, like Donald Trump just did a week ago, okay? Which I, again, find disgraceful and unpresidential. Hey, we're not supposed to talk about anything. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just saying, domestically, I'm yeah. just saying NATO, NATO is a red line, yeah. and it's been a red line for about yeah. 70 years. Yeah. We have been— Do you think—but Trump said they wouldn't be at our—they wouldn't help us if the situation was reversed. Well, I don't. I, I think Trump is delusional. That's all I can say. I don't think he's delusional. He, he, NATO, NATO is committed to help us. When we were invaded in Afghanistan, even even the Afghanistan issue. When we were invaded, not we. In Afghanistan. No, when we went to war in Afghanistan, oh, okay. the NATO actually did send troops in to help our fighting against the uh, the Taliban. Uh, that was not. That was way outside the mandate of NATO. That wasn't defending us. That was that was helping us coming to our military aid, comrades in arms. That's the term for it. At the early stages At of the that. Early stages. And then the quickly, the, and it wasn't much help, but it was token help. It but was token help to show. Yeah. NATO's a whole different topic, and yeah. uh, so what David is saying is that, um, you know, if if and he's correct about this, <clears throat> when you are fighting uh, Vladimir Putin's. Red Army in Ukraine, you're, you're fighting them everywhere. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, we, we do have to support Ukraine, but politics is a complicated thing in a democracy. Mm. Democracies are messy things. Vladimir Putin in Russia is not a democracy. China is not a democracy. Iran is not a democracy. North Korea, Venezuela, the, the new axis of evil, they're not Democrats. What about the prime minister so, of Canada saying he <clears throat> admires China? accomplishing all they have as a dictatorship. The reason Pierre uh, or uh, um, Trudeau, Justin Justin Trudeau, Trudeau, Pierre's son, says that is because he he has a massive amount of Chinese immigration into his country, bringing in lots of money, and that's how Canada is solving its demographic crisis, which we have a worldwide... Economic? Economic. You want a a Canadian citizenship? Have enough money? You come in, and uh, we'll make you make you citizens. And China welcomes everybody. They, well, they, they welcome the Chinese because the Chinese bring in their money. So he's very coin-operated, Mr. Trudeau. Which really doesn't <clears throat> help the communist country because the smartest ones, the, the, the ones who make all the money, then they leave, yeah. pay to get into a country, he's leave a, behind the proletariat in their country, yeah. they could be Justin, Justin Trudeau is his own brand of sort of mild authoritarian, you know, yeah. wannabe. He's a socialist and— Socialism's the cousin of communism and so on. So, but what, that's a what different. What did you think about those truckers coming? Just for a second, what did you think about those truckers? You know, when they were belled up in Canada. Where's that bell? Uh, where's the bell? <laughs> <laughs> You're diverting down rabbit hole after rabbit hole. I right? know. Okay, All yeah. right. this is you know that that's the problem with Rhett. You cannot have a consecutive conversation unless you 
cut him off it's when he tries to go. It's a challenge to the pseudo-intellectuals. They go, I can't follow him, even though I went to Harvard and Yale. I can't follow I, that guy. I, I Did actually, you take your ADD I actually have some, I have some audience that, that enjoys the show, but they all complain to me about your rabbit-holing. Okay, they do. And, rabbit-holing. And rabbit-holing. Yeah. rabbit-holing. Let's call it rat-holing. <laughs> You're going down a rat-hole again. <laughs> okay. All right, so I sincerely okay. so, yeah. apologize, and I love you too. <laughs> Good. Okay, so... Anyway, uh, we're almost to the end of this, uh, but we did talk about this gaslighting trick of, yeah. of Putin. That w- what, well, it, what it amounts to is, is Putin, Putin is, is uh, praising Biden uh, as a false flag. He's basically trying to confuse the American public. Okay? That's why I, well, you asked. Like gaslighting, right. Gaslighting is, is, is complimenting someone that you really don't like, Right overtly, right, to, to, to divert people's attention from real problems or, you know. It's deluding others. Yes. Or, uh, it's a form of— like, it's What a, would you say about a magician? He It's a form of subterfuge, form, form of deceit, Yeah, right. well-worn. And, and that, that, of course, is, is uh, Putin's uh, stock and trade. Right. He is, he is well, a, Jesus said the devil is a liar and the father of all lies. Well, and, and Putin is an expert at lying. That's his, his yeah. skill. It's a skill set in the KGB. You sure, lie well, about things. At least he's committed. <laughs> well, at least we you understand know? or should understand that he's not telling the truth and therefore don't believe him. That's what I'm trying to get the people to. Yeah, so I don't he, think, so David, I don't think yeah. anybody, I think most Americans and most people listening to this show kind of understand who Vladimir Putin uh-huh. is and they don't believe him. Yeah. Um, Except Rhett. <laughs> I don't think Rhett. I, I don't think to believe. I don't think Rhett really believes Vladimir Putin. Well, well, hold on. There's a whole lot of people out there, and some that I'm close to, that believe that Putin's a good guy, and there really are Nazis in in Ukraine. Yeah. Well, those people are out of their minds. Um, I'll they say that. To that late, late night radio guy. Yeah, these are the same. If, if, if like one of the most brilliant and evil minds of the 20th century was Joseph Goebbels, who is the father of modern propaganda. Go, go read some with of the, the Russia. I mean, with the uh, Hitler. 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 Yeah. Yeah. These are all well-worn tactics used by authoritarian regimes to suppress uh, freedom of speech, suppress any opposition. Um, galvanize the public. What about Karl Marx that said you need to sexualize the children very young, and that's what's happening here with all the sexual... I have no uh, idea where, you, where you're getting that, but... Well, but we, I read it. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, it is true. It is true. It's to get the children, and you have control if you get oh, the children. Oh, to kill the yeah. family. Okay. So, kill so, the family. So this yeah. Putin guy is, is a bad actor. We can't believe a word that he says. The fact that he endorses Joe Biden because he's more predictable... I think is his way, in his mind, to be honest with you, I think Putin might be kind of telling the truth or grains of truth in there because Biden is very predictable. He's predictably idiotic, predictably incapable, uh, predictably penny-ante corrupt, and we know what he's going to do. He he telegraphed uh, our exit from Afghanistan— you know, hor- horrific. Do you guys give any credibility to Trump, the fact that they said he was going to cause World War Three with South and no, North Korea? Uh, and me, went in I want to finish my made, point. And, and, uh, and uh, diffused uh, all that? He didn't diffuse it. Give, yes, he did. No, no, he, he didn't. He absolutely did. It was brilliant. <clears throat> it, he called the rocket man, then he met with him. The man goes, oh, well, what's so going like, you, like you, you and I hate each other you, from a distance. And we go meet each other. Are, are you saying <laughs> Donald Trump's a brilliant diplomat? He gets things done. Mm-hmm. Well, he gets some things done, and he creates chaos in other places. I agree with maybe 80% of his policies, but his foreign policy thoughts are you dangerous. you think we'd be better off today if he was president? I don't know. I do. 
Okay. And well, let's, this is not about Donald Trump necessarily. Well, we better, we better, we better. Well, we're we're, we're going to see. My my point is this: you think he's Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Putin believes that yeah. Joe, I believe that he believes that Joe Biden is more predictable. Donald I Trump, so too, when he Donald said Trump that. is is un- unpredictable. Yeah. And when you're talking about, you know, and he's he's such a non such a a departure. From what we've been used to in this country but politically, that's why I ran. Well, you got to let, fin- let me finish. Okay. All right. Okay. It's it, he. He is unpredictable, and the the Chinese, the Koreans, the Cubans, Venezuelans, the Russians, they've all been. They've all had predictability with American presidents. You know, between not Reagan, Reagan. not they Reagan. ran from Reagan because he was unpredictable. No. no, no, Reagan was very predictable. He came into office with a very clear mission. With a, he, with a, with a what? A hard hand. Right, yeah. but he wanted to defeat the Soviet Union. He grew up in Soviet communist Russia. And Trump won't he take was, any crap from these people either. But Trump is not a Trump is not an ideologue. Actually, like stop being Hannity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and by the way, uh, by no, the way, there's two ends in Hannity. On, on, Ra- on Reagan, he was in a hurry. On 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 Reagan, I. Uh, I actually, uh, I knew I was in Washington, D.C. during the Reagan administration, as I said. Yeah. And, and I, I actually met with, uh, with Mr. Meese and Ed Meese. Uh, Mr. Baker. Yeah. Uh, Howard Baker. I had, I had Baker on my show. Okay. Basically, Jim they, Baker. They, they, called it, yep. they called it a troika. The troika that was behind Ronald Reagan was, was uh, Meese, Baker, and Deaver, Mike Deaver. Because even Reagan said a smart man puts smarter men around and. That's the important point. And even in the first term of Donald Trump, he did have a... He was not a seasoned politician. He he had the, the, the smarts to surround himself with a bunch of what I call... Oh. Experts. They, they weren't loyal, that's for sure. Experts. They knew what they were doing, okay? And that's a concern for any of you thinking about pulling the lever in uh, November... Uh, with the new Donald or the 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 next version, Donald 2.0, he's he is a not long going time to, to learn from what he, he has not mistakes. learned. He has not learned. He you don't it, know that he has not learned. He has learned. He's a very smart. His person. comments about NATO proved to me that he has not learned anything. Okay, that when he I'm, was that I'm perplexed. When he, when he was when he was no. at the NATO summits, he was there pushing Moldova uh, out of the way, and you know. And and speak, speaking about it was kind of funny, wasn't it? it wasn't funny at all. It was it was an example childish. Yeah, and 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 so it was worse than childish. Okay, so the the point is, um, you know, we do have you know you may talk about his economics, and I, I that's a different topic. I'm talking about foreign policy. I'm saying that Donald Trump and many experts that are experts on foreign policy are saying that Donald Trump is a uh, is a danger. In his foreign policies, uh, unless he can surround himself with people that really know what they're doing, and if he's out there on his own, uh, and that's the problem, he likes to do things on his own. And, but David, and, but uh, my, yeah. my, my point is this: yeah. Biden is predictable, predictably incompetent. Vladimir Putin playing chess with Joe Biden knows Joe Biden's move ten to- ten moves ahead. Donald Trump is such a wingnut. He's the guy that comes in with a cup of coffee and spills it all over the chessboard and. And the the smart player on the other side goes, what the heck just happened? I'm not sure about this guy. He might actually launch nukes. So we're going to just, like, back off and That's let him. That's what they said about North so, Korea, th- he didn't launch No, 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 no. But my point is this. He, there was enough of a grain of doubt in, in these dictators' mind where they said, he's not predictable like all the other stooges that we deal with in uh, 
in American politics. Okay, so, I would I would <clears throat> I would want to argue back for Jim because I I do understand his point. You know that there's this element of chaos and and the element of unpredictability might provide a strategic advantage. Okay, there there's that there's that aspect. I would prefer not, but, but I would prefer that that that's not the approach, but. I'm just trying to give a little reference into why Biden, but, why Putin would have said you, Biden is predictable, the, the, and he, he would like to have Biden. I'll tell you the problem with that theory. That The problem with that theory is Donald Trump has, one, a thin skin, and two, a big ego. And because he is a big ego, He's a he can be ni- manipulated and is manipulated. The praise that Kim Jong-un wrote a letter to him, and Donald Trump had to take it to Mar-a-Lago with him because he was so in love with that letter praising yeah. him. This is an example of somebody who can be manipulated by his ego. Yeah, I get that. Okay? I get that. All right, so we, enough we, on Trump. We, we'll just yeah. stipulate that we have, again, <laughs> the two worst choices we've ever had <laughs> for an election, which precedes the last one with Hillary and, uh, and Donald Trump. So yeah. we've had really bad choices. The, okay. The good news is, is after this, the, you know, this right. era will be done, hopefully. Well, anyway, our, our, our host has left, so you can introduce this, the next question. This is the one do about you want to, do you want to do this? About Israel. Well, <clears throat> Israel Prime Minister Netanyahu rejects U.S. calls for a two-state solution. Should I continue yeah, on? Yeah, keep going. Netanyahu has openly rejected uh, the U.S. Biden administration calls for establishing a sovereign, independent state of Palestine— on the territory of Gaza and the West Bank with its capital in East Jerusalem, will that lead to growing friction between the U.S. and Israel? I'd say, David, um, there already is growing friction between the U.S. and Israel, which is horrible. Um, I don't the, – the, 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 the wingnuts on the, the Democrat Party never cease to amaze me, the anti-Israel stance there. But it is what it is, and um, so what are your, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's, this has a, been a volatile – part of the world for all of my lifetime. Yeah. And, well, you know. Well, the thoughts should probably come after the break. Oh, well. Are we going to take a break, Noah? Uh, I mean, it's 10 till, okay, so then. probably, yeah. Okay, let's take a break, and yeah. then we'll get to the answer to the question. See you in a bit, Facebook. All right. Hey, this is uh, Jim Feeney uh, in for Rhett Palmer, who is temporarily indisposed. <clears throat> I think he has to go reload on his uh, his Adderall. Uh <laughs> <laughs> he is. Uh, I love Rat, and I uh, thank him for uh, allowing us to be on the show today. So, David, I want to talk a little bit about Israel. Israel, as uh, our audience probably knows, um, they were invaded by uh, the the uh, by Hamas uh, October seventh, and there's been an ongoing war that's been a brutal destruction of Gaza with the Israeli mission. Uh, to completely destroy Hamas in its in its in its uh, political or in, in or its military form, so <clears throat> they're sort of at the the tail end of that. It seems they're in Rafa, which is at the southern end of Gaza, where all of the refugees that have been displaced are um, are holed up. There have been a lot of civilian casualties, twenty eight thousand, but they don't distinguish. Hamas doesn't distinguish between militants and and civilians. And uh, now there's growing international pressure <clears throat> that even though the brutal slaying of 1,200 Israelis from that, that, that precipitated this war, this raping of women and, and just horrific attacks, no, no uh, I wouldn't even call it a war, it was a mass terrorist event. Uh, but there's growing international pressure uh, uh, that Israel has gone over the top with this and that um, there need the United States and its allies have to step in and coerce Israel to stop 
uh, stop its war or begin to wind down its war. And uh, the United States, along with um, its its partner and Saudi new partner in Saudi Arabia, trying to make make Saudi Arabia a, a mediator here, come up with a plan, a post war plan of what um, is the relationship between Israel and Gaza uh, and, and and Hamas and the Palestinian the PLO that that runs the West Bank. What that looks like. Give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, you mentioned Saudi Arabia, and uh, Saudi Arabia has a condition. Uh, for um, its support uh, for any uh, of these United States uh, initiatives uh, for a a post-war settlement. Um, And that includes that the United States and the world agree to help establish an independent state of Palestine uh, with a uh, 67 borders. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. 67 borders were the war of 67 when Israel occupied and took over uh, these areas, the West Bank and Gaza and East Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Those are the three areas that are important to remember, West Bank, uh, Gaza, and, and East Jerusalem. Um, so Saudi Arabia says we need to have those areas restored to Palestine and made a Palestinian state. Mm-hmm. Now, the United States essentially, uh, and President Biden's administration in particular, and our administration going back for practically 30 years has always said we support that concept at the end, an independent Palestinian state. There have been negotiations going on between the occupier and the occupied, that is to say Israel and the Palestinians who are occupied by Israel for a Palestinian state for the past 30 years. Yep. Okay. And they have gone nowhere. Now, you mentioned that there have been uh, in the in the interim, you mentioned that you know the Palestinians have rejected this and rejected that. Uh, if you get down to the weeds and start looking at the negotiations that were offered, uh, most of those negotiations did not include anything related to a uh, an independent, autonomous, sovereign Palestine. Most of them included uh, Israeli continued military uh, control over airspace, water space. Uh, you look at Gaza today, uh, that whole area. But let me ask you this, David. Yeah. Why do you think that is, that Israel would be so firm on those commitments? They're looking at their claim of self-defense. This is part of the argument. So you don't think they have a right to defend themselves? I didn't say that. Let me just close the door for a second. Um, first, first of all, uh, uh, please, as I've encourage Rhett to do, don't say to someone in a, in a question, you don't think, uh, because that implies that I do think. Okay. okay. Tell so me what you think then. Tell me what her think. That's right. Anyway, the point being uh, that um, Israel has a right to defend itself in a certain manner, which includes abiding by international law. Uh, also, the whole question of Israel's occupation uh, as a claim of we're occupying this territory as part of our self-defense. This has been overridden by the International Court of Justice. The International Court of Justice actually made a determination that there's no such legitimacy to a claim of self-defense as a justification for continued occupation for, for uh, decades and decades. Okay, And what's happening under this claim of self-defense, 
Here's an, a map of East Jerusalem. Now, for the audience out there, it's, it's going to be hard to see, but uh, like I think— Swiss cheese map. Th- this East Jerusalem—now, keep in mind, this is West Jerusalem, uh, and this area, that, which looks like a Swiss cheese, that is considered to be the East Jerusalem as defined by Israel with a wall that is built all around this East <clears throat> Jerusalem area. And Israel is claiming that East Jerusalem is part of Israel. Now, that's a very important issue, part of what I call the illegal annexation. Because if you look at this, uh, some of this area includes 15 to 20 miles inside the West Bank. And that area is being claimed as, uh, as uh, effectively annexation by building a wall uh, it's annexation of all that area within Palestine. And all of these black areas or brown areas here are Israeli settlements inside this new annexed area with a wall which Israel is defining. And keep in mind, this area here is called the Green Line. So we're talking about the Green Line is the original 1967 border. So what Israel's doing is it's building a wall 15 to 20 miles inside Palestinian territory, not on the Green Line violating the Green Line, uh, and then establishing settlements within that territory, and then effectively annexing that as part of Israel. Uh, now, you, you wonder, why are the Palestinians fighting back? You know, when Israel is occupying and then annexing territory and forcing these people off of their lands, and we've heard about the uh, illegal settlers movement even on the news, American news, uh, you know, where they will come in with these people have machine guns. The American, uh, I'm sorry, the Israeli settlers have machine guns, uh, and they basically set up uh, what you called settlement camps up on the mountaintop, and then they come and harass the, the inhabitants down below. Uh, so they're taking over the land. Right now, Israel occupies about 80 percent of the uh, of the, um, the the fertile lands uh, within. Uh, uh, this Gaza, within, not Gaza, within the... Um, so they're occupying the good land. They're occupying the good lands. Yeah, they've basically come in and taken over this, this area. Um, so... Um, so you're saying that, um, I'm hearing you say that you know, Israel is, has got some culpability in the facts on the ground that uh, um, this has been a dangerous neighborhood and that they've been invaded many times. Yeah, it will. The, the, the point is, when you say they've been invaded, <coughs> the me. Palestinians were the original inhabitants of that land until the 1940s. Uh, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, and, and I want to point that out because, uh, you know, Red has said on this show before, well, the Israelis have the right to that land because the Bible gave it to them or yeah. because God gave it to them by the Bible. And that's part of the Zionist. He's, in, he's a Christian Zionist. Right. And his argument is that, you know— God gave this land. They've been away from this land for over uh, 1,600 years uh, since the fall of the, the, the Second Temple. Right. Uh, and the Romans drove them out, and they went into the wandering Jew status. And suddenly, as of the Balfour Declaration of 1917, mm-hmm. which, by the way, the Balfour Declaration was negotiated or written up by a uh, uh, essentially under the guidance of an Israeli— I'm sorry, a Jewish-British uh, uh, cabinet member. Yes. That's where the—and the, the, he was writing it up in connection with 
Chom Weissman, who was the head of the World Zionist Congress at the time. Yes. So this was the World Zionist Congress working with the British to, def- to define the Balfour Declaration. The Balfour Declaration was kept secret from uh, publication for, from 1917 to 1920 because they were afraid the Arab community would be angry at this British siding with Jews resettling uh, the so-called Holy Land. Okay, They knew that that was going to become a problem. It did become a problem once it became public. The people of the Arab community protested against that, and the British eventually sided with the Arab community and opposed increased settlement into that area, and that's where you saw these groups like the Stern Gang and Irgun develop, and they were developing originally as terrorist organizations against the British, okay? That's what happened. This is a part of history that is <coughs> often forgotten. That, that the, so let's so let's let me stipulate that yeah you're you're, you're correct on those facts you're a smart guy, <laughs> um, but let, uh, the it, the fact remains that there have been the Jewish people have been on that land in one form or another another for thousands of years, <laughs> and the predecessors of today's modern Arabs were also occupiers of that land. They were part of the the various Semitic tribes that lived in what was then the Holy Land, and. At that time, at least the time from, from a Christian perspective, <clears throat> there was a bigger sheriff in town. It was called Rome. And it, this was just simply a colonial outpost of Rome, uh, a, um, a, uh, a troublesome colonial outpost, but uh, Rome nonetheless. <clears throat> so, and then the, the, over time, the British became the new empire, and then they controlled it. So this is an area that really uh, – and then they tolerated that everyone had to kind of live together um, – that's one of the maybe beauties of an empire is it, it takes internecine warfare or religious sects um, and ideological sects that have been at, at each other's throats for, you know, centuries. And it comes in with just the weight of the state of an authoritarian regime and says, that's it. You want to you want to you want to argue with each other in the court, but it, that's fine. But don't let it bleed over into the streets because then I'm going to bring my men in. So as soon as you take the lid off of that. That's what you're left with. So the, 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 the displaced Palestinians have a legitimate claim to, to exist uh, alongside Israel. I believe in a two-state solution okay, as well. Okay, good. All right. <clears throat> I do not uh, – I don't come from that Zionist Christian camp that, uh, um, that says this is going to be the redemption of the world when uh, the, the, the Jews return to the Holy Land. But from Israel's perspective – to see, you know, the, the, the long, and again, I grew up with this, you know, from the, the early 1970s, the wars and the, the, the terrorism that spawned from that. And it's now been just completely co-opted by Hamas, who are really authoritarian thugs that are billionaires, by the way, the guys that lead Hamas. Um, and, 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 and Netanyahu <laughs> actually backed Hamas with financial backing uh, because he wanted to create a split between the in, between the Palestinian Authority the PLO right. well if, so, if you th- so he is he is the father of Hamas if you want to look at it that way yeah maybe I, I think there's there are facts that uh, that, that, that mitigate some of that I, but. I've, I've just finished a book called the son of Hamas mm-hmm. okay and this is about the son of one of the founders of the Hamas movement okay and he explains uh, the conditions he was he was a young man he was 10 years old the back, Sinwar? Uh, um, yeah Sinwar? No, it's not Sinwar. No, right. no. Anyway, uh, he was he was he was the son of one of the founders of Hamas. There were seven founders originally. Um, 
Now, um, they did not start out as a angry terrorist organization. Um, uh, they were provoked by, as I've just described, these Israeli actions, like what's going on now with the settlement community uh, taking over more and more land, uh, developing uh, unconscionable uh, uh, restrictions. Um, there, there also was uh, uh, something called the massacre uh, of the uh, of the tomb of Abraham. Uh, this was done uh, back in the nineteen uh, early nineteen. Um, let me see if it was nineteen eighties. Yeah, nineteen eighties. That was about the time that they were trying to to achieve some of these peace settlements. And um, you you had uh, two big events that, that occurred back then. One of them was the assassination of Yitzhak Rabin. I remember that. You remember that. Well, you know who killed him? It wasn't Arabs. It's an Israel, it's Israeli, uh, na- uh, Israeli Zionist. Nationalist. An Israeli <clears throat> nationalist Zionist would be the right, right word for it. And his goal was uh, because uh, Yitzhak Rabin had actually agreed to the Oslo Accord agreements in, 19, yes. in 1993. Mm-hmm. So he agreed to the Oslo Accord agreements, which would have... Uh, essentially recognized a state of Palestine. And the Zionists were saying, we don't admit to anybody except our Zionists owning this whole land of Judea and Samaria. And therefore, they saw him as being an infidel, as being unloyal to Judaism uh, by giving away this area, which is what you're calling the two-state solution. Yeah. And that's the problem with the Zionists, <clears throat> even today. And I mention this this guy because... The, the uh, assassination of Yitzhak Rabin was, uh, was praised by uh, the far-right extremists, the Israeli Zionists, and the current Israeli Zionists, like Ben Gavir, uh, are actually in this same group. Ben Gavir was a member of the Kahan, the, 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 the Koch movement. Meyer Kahana. Meyer Kahana's Koch movement. Ben Gavir was an yeah. active member of that. Yeah. Okay? And, and the Koch movement... We in the United States defined as a terrorist organization and made them criminal and, and until actually, believe it or not, ni- uh, sorry, 2022, the Biden administration removed the terrorist designation for the Koch organization of Meyer Kahani. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now, uh, Mr. Uh, Iftak bin Gavir, he is no longer a member of a terrorist organization because we've deterrorized them. <clears throat> Well, yeah, so uh, let's stipulate that each side has its own reactionary, non-negotiable fringe, right? The Israelis have that, and, and, Net- and they kind of support Netanyahu. That's been kind of part of his political base. Um, you know, and every, you know, politics, there are always fringe elements that believe that they're purist. They're not there to negotiate anything. Their only solution is to defeat and conquer the other side. Um Fortunately, most people are in the big fat middle, not on the fringes. <clears throat> and Hamas has got and, – and, you know, to the extent that there are moderate Arab voices in the world, um, like they, yes, they are out there. They're not as loud as they should be. Um, and they let their radical fringe, the Hamas militants and the, the other various factions of, 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 of crazy terrorists who – just are bent on, you know, from the river to the sea, bent on the destruction of Israel. Those become the loudest voices. We have versions of that here in the United States. Well, loudest voices on the left, fringe left, loudest voices on the fringe right. Everyone else is covering their ears. The, so the fringe right, though, <laughs> the fringe right in Israel 
uh, which is this Iftek Ben-Gavir, they are now in the driver's seat. They are basically pushing uh, Netanyahu. He has no choice. He's he's stuck in the, 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 the a very fragile position. If they pull out of his coalition, he's out of office. He's out of office. And without of, being out of office, he's probably going to land in jail on top of it all because he's got criminal indictments against him. So he's fighting to stay in office and to stay out of jail. That's his motivation. And, and he has a natural tendency, I must say, having studied this carefully, he has a natural tendency to support the far right anyway. He's been on the far right and he's been against a two-state solution for many, many years. Yeah, and he may be – and he has principled – he has, makes principled stances on all of that. <clears throat> now, well, I don't, I don't know the details of his corruption charges and maybe some of that's true. We, we see how um, justice can be weaponized against political opponents. Very sad especially sad when it occurs in a democracy, especially sad. We expect that kind of behavior from Vladimir Putin, China, and so on, but yeah. not from, you know, uh, what's, what are considered to be democracies. But you can see, so w- we're sitting here <clears throat> with an ongoing war that's very bloody. <clears throat> from Israel's perspective, uh, the current administration, it needs to be determinative, meaning the war aim is to eliminate Hamas, and uh, I believe that they'll do that. I support them in that. Um, but at the same time, I also support um, a two-state solution. There, there was recently a, a poll, and I mean, within the last few days. You have to give Israel, you have to give yeah. the average Israeli public, not the, not the fringe right Israelis. Okay, this is a the poll. The average Israeli public, you have to give them, because they are all on board. If you no, look they at aren't. The, no, uh, let me clarify uh, this, I, I just saw an interview with the, 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 the last night um, yeah. from uh, the, on what uh, channel? PBS. Okay. I watch. I, I, I cast a <laughs> wide net. Good, good. I watch okay. PBS probably more than anything. All right. <clears throat> Always don't agree with it, but I watch it. They're a bit on the left, yeah, but that's all right. Um, uh, but the, the – and I forget his name, but he's the editor-in-chief of Haaretz. And, who's and Haaretz is a good newspaper, <clears throat> Israeli newspaper yes, for those and, of you. And, and, and he is a, 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 an admittedly a smaller opinion uh, that's uh, staunchly against what Netanyahu's doing, thinks we've got to stop the war now, blah, right. blah, blah. And he said <clears> – <throat> You know, all of our opinion polling shows that Israelis, Israeli Jews, are overwhelmingly in support of the war. That includes the liberal Jews as well. Well, well, that that contradicts what I just heard this morning. This is is the guy that's—I believe him because he he lives there. This is his audience. Our audience will have to uh, do some fact-checking on this because I heard this morning that there was a poll that was done which indicated that that 50 to 60 percent of— Israelis, uh, fifty or sixty, fifty or sixty percent. Sixty percent's majority. Fifty percent's well, majority. Well, I'll explain what the figures are. Uh, you have uh, what's called conservatives, uh, which are fifty um, percent believing that the Israel's course of military action is going to fail, and you have within what's called the liberals and the Arab communities, which are also Israeli citizens. 80% that believe that the current course of action by the Israeli government uh, is going to fail. Now, the concept of wiping out Hamas itself is uh, probably an impossible mission because Hamas is an ideology, it is a belief, it is not individuals. If you kill a leader, they'll fill in with a replacement leader. Of course. And yeah. as we know from Petraeus, I've said this on the show before, with General Petraeus, who is a, c- a counterinsurgency uh, expert. Yep, General David. He, he made the point, for every civilian you kill in a uh, 
counterinsurgency warfare, you create 10 new insurgents. Yeah, so for every— that in Vietnam. So, so, so if they've <laughs> killed uh, 28,000 uh, mostly uh, civilian, innocent civilians and children and women, and we know that 75 percent of the people that are being killed are women and children uh, and unlikely to be Hamas terrorists, then guess what? You've created— from that uh, 280,000, uh, 28,000, you've created 280,000 new. <laughs> we get it. Okay, yep. so so they're not solving their problem. And the reality is, if but they... It, it's been, but it's been that way since the beginning. The, 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 the occupied territories or, or the, the displaced Palestinian community has taken a violent approach from day one to eliminating Israel. From Now, you, we can argue all day long about the original establishment of Israel in '48. Um, being a wise act or not, it is what it is. It's, so there are facts on the ground. Wait, now. wait a minute. I don't. I don't <clears> accept. <throat> is what it is. I I, I totally dis, disagree. That we should. Do you think there are good? Do you think that there are good faith negotiators on the Arab side of this issue um, that still that that in their heart of hearts don't want to see the destruction of the state of Israel? Because that's in the Hamas charter. Hamas charter is. Israel no longer exists. They're on our land. That was, All of this is our land. Okay, that, 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 that's the <clears throat> that, 19- that, that can't that can't persist. That, that's the nineteen eighty eight charter. It was revised in two thousand and seventeen. Okay, okay, stand corrected. Okay, uh, recently then. Okay, but uh, under recently, under a lot of international yes. pressure. Okay, they want to take these words out. That doesn't change what's and, in their and, hearts. And a lot of the agreements that were negotiated, the so called agreements <clears throat> that we claim that the uh, that the uh, Palestinians rejected. Uh, Many of those included a recognition of Israel as a sovereign state, but not the recognition of Palestine as a sovereign state. This goes back to the two-state solution. Mm -hmm. Most of those agreements referred to Palestine being reincorporated into Transjordan as a non-sovereign entity, as part of Transjordan. Keep in mind the West Bank was originally held by Jordan uh, uh, until the 1967 war. So a lot of these proposals that have been offered up to the Palestinians— do not give them independent sovereign statehood, okay? And even uh, today, our U.S. ambassador to, uh, uh, to, um, to Israel, uh, he made uh, a claim uh, that the, um, uh, th- his name is, is Jack Lew. He was, you know, yeah. a cabinet member formerly. I know uh, he's, he, he referred to on a, a show just in the last couple of days— uh, we're for an over-the-horizon process for a vision of a demilitarized Palestinian state. Over-the-horizon vision. What they're now asking for of Hamas is release all these hundred hostages or 130 hostages that you're holding, and we will then agree to a discussion <laughs> of a vision of an over-the-horizon process. Okay? Yeah, That's I, nothing. That's offering them fantasy that you might as well sure. you know, give them smoke and, and mirrors. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All the negotiation doesn't matter a lick when you have one side imposing its will on the other side. That's, that's what, what Israel's doing. Is. Israel is doing war, that. So war is an unfortunate fact of human history. We've been fighting each other since we crawled out of the jungle. The United States does not need to be supporting an unjust war of an occupier against a occupied right, so people. We're going to agree to disagree on some of these yeah. uh, some of these issues. Um, if we could solve it tomorrow, if if we got the Israelis to say, yes, we will agree to a, a sovereign Palestinian state. I don't even know what that would look like. Is part of it over here, part of it over there. But the bottom line is the entire 
what's left of Israel will be surrounded by enemies sworn to its destruction, right? If it doesn't include all of Jerusalem, I mean, that's what it comes down to. These are religious, fervently burning religious ideas and cultural ideas that go back thousands of years. If you get the Israelis to say, okay, you can have a Palestinian state, how are you going to guarantee, with at least on paper, with guarantees that says, okay, we will, we're going to eliminate any reference of the destruction of Israel from our charter. We're going to play, we're going to play nice, like good neighbors. Um, and that down the road becomes null and void when, uh, and, and, and what, what, what would you say Israel's response should be in this new Palestinian state? when that new Palestinian state invades Israel again, it tries to do that. If it did that, would, is, would Israel have the right to completely destroy that enemy, just like Ukraine and Russia, or, or if anyone invaded the United States, would it have a right to defend itself to the point where unconditional surrender and we're going to destroy you and you, out you go, I don't care where you go, but you can't be here. Would you, would you support that if they went for a Palestinian state now? Well, if, if you look at what's going on on the ground right now, uh, you are seeing genocide and you are seeing ethnic cleansing. And that's basically, you've said that they're now being forced down into Rafah, and Rafah is the last area of Gaza that's being left. And you're also seeing increased uh, pressure from the far right. Basically, you mentioned the river to the sea and that the Palestinians said, we want the Jews or Israel, not the Jews, but the Israel off of our land. The, the mandate of Palestine is for Palestinians. If you want to become a Palestinian and be Jewish, you can live on our land. Sure. Oh, that's, that was the original agreement. The original plan was that the Jews would come to Palestine as a place to live, but not necessarily as a sovereign state. It was only after uh, 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 the, um, the war, uh, what you call the guerrilla war, uh, of 1947, that Israel then declared itself a sovereign state in that territory of Palestine. So the the idea is, can you have the Palestinians and Jews living together? Uh, the reason why the Palestinians are fighting is because they are treated as a second-class citizen in their own land. We get that, but uh, my, my, my question, the question on the floor is, <clears throat> let's say that we get Israel to agree to everything you want, two-state solution, whatever the borders need to be, they have what's left. How do you guarantee their security? Um, well, I mean, should they should they be saying, okay, we're now we're now with all the trappings and the power and the you know very real benefits that go to being recognized as a sovereign right. state? They decide they they still keep up their terrorist activities. There are bombings in Jerusalem. You know, low grade stuff. Uh, and and d- 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 how does Israel? They just want security. Yeah, I, right? I understand. So I how under- do you guarantee their security? I, I understand. And in some ways, the, the, this problem is driven by their, what you call this uh, uh, paranoia of security, meaning that if they're but not— why, it, when I, 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 Let me explain. Let me explain. Because, paranoia about security? Yeah, I'd let say. me explain. Let me explain. Because you see, right now, they are fearful of Hezbollah attacking them from Lebanon. So they may need to attack Lebanon in order to secure elimination of Hezbollah. And they're fearful of Iran because Iran might attack them. So they may have to attack Iran. The reality is everywhere in the whole region, they have <clears throat> enemies. Yep. Okay. Now, uh, you know, this, this creates a real dilemma that they have decided under the Zionist movement of Chom Weissman uh, uh, and, and, uh, uh, and 
going back a hundred years. Going back, going, they they decided that they want to relocate a Jewish homeland in the middle of an area that is essentially mostly Muslim, and is uh, for the large part hostile, not always to Jews, but they're hostile to the idea of a sovereign state of Israel, which uh, is is not necessarily building friendships. With its allies, well, uh, with its countries around the around the region. True, true enough, but I think it's important to realize the context that Israel was established. Israel, uh, up until 1948, had been a diaspora culture, but a vibrant one. Jews moved to America. They moved all throughout Europe right. for hundreds of years, you know, like vibrant Jewish communities in Poland and in Germany and so on. And then this man named Adolf Hitler came along. Right. And so you have assimilated Jews, yeah. <clears throat> German Jews and Polish Jews and French Jews that were Frenchmen first, right? They wanted to be assimilated. We w- and we see how that that desire to become part of the of the body politic of the whole rewarded with the most heinous evil that we could think of, mass extinction. So they, as a people, see every time we do this, we get, we get repaid with scorn. I can understand that. And, and to give them a homeland after the horrors of the Holocaust w- w- didn't seem like a crazy thing to do at that point. It's like, all right, if you don't want the, the Jews in, 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 in Poland or, or these other places— Let's get, give them what they want right here, and we're going to get rid of some of these other folks to make room for them, but well, wh- where do they go? Yeah. Where do they go? Why well, can't actually, they go back to Jerusalem, actually, which is their, their actually, ancestral homeland? That, that's, that's the interesting point, because I do have great sympathy for the travails of, of Jews and the need of them to have a secure land uh, of their own. And I actually, jokingly, on the program a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned this, there are only 7 million Jews in, in Israel. 7 million. That's a small number. There's more uh, in the United States. We, we have almost 8 million now in yeah. the United States. So, so that's, that's uh, not that huge a number. And we could rather easily transport them, give every one of them an airline ticket and fly them to Texas and let them settle in Texas. They could have desert land out there that they could make bloom and they would be happy. I get that, and I've thought that for many years. It's like, why don't we just pick them all up on skids and put them in Saskatchewan? They're going to make it better, right? But imagine you, you being Jewish yourself, yeah. right? I've got a good friend of mine uh, that uh, I met in Jackson Hole. Nice guy, Christian man, George Bailey, you know? How about that for a name? Yeah. And he married this nice Jewish lawyer girl out in Jackson Hole, and they moved to Tel Aviv, and they live kind of outside of Tel Aviv in a kibbutz. Yeah. And, and so I get regular feed. Oh, you were on the show with George. I remember you remember George. Um, George, ba- uh, uh, he's been a yeah. guest on my podcast. Okay. okay, very smart guy. Yeah, but he's now living in Israel. So I get regular feeds okay. from him. Okay, and he has been, you know, he says, imagine it from your perspective. And yeah. he's visited um, these uh, kibbutz that, that that were attacked by Hamas, right? And uh, the anger, and and so imagine f- having this history of pogroms over centuries and, and, and discrimination and, 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 and ex- yeah, Russia and Poland, particularly, all, yeah. all of them and your history that, that, that melds itself into your psyche. And it, it doesn't take much for me to understand where they're coming from. They have a right to exist just like the Palestinians have a right to exist. Yeah. The Palestinians say, or the, the fringe elements say, you don't have a right to exist in our land. Iran, much bigger player, 
believe that. They're, it's apostasy. Yeah. They, they, they vow to wipe them off a map, and they're trying well, to get a nuclear weapon. So these, this, is, this is your neighborhood. What do you think they should do? Yeah. Honestly, who's going to guarantee their security? Yeah. Well, We're so worried about the, the – Pal- I mean, why not pick up the Palestinians? Like you said, ship them all back to Jordan. That was, I mean, that's where they, a lot of them are anyway. Back to Jordan. No, they're not back to Jordan. Yeah. The ones in Jordan in left Jordan. Palestine. Yeah, that's so, right. And, Go, yeah. But, so, and then, of course, that was Rhett's, that was Rhett's uh, suggestion. That let Egypt let put the, them in the Sinai. Let them make that bloom. Yeah. Well, the, the, um, the, the issue of removing or transplanting – the Palestinians from the lands on which they've lived for, for 800 years, uh, you know, that becomes uh, the form of ethnic cleansing. That's but why— The Jews have the same argument that goes back further than 800 years. Well, we don't know if the Jews were ethnically cleansed uh, back in 400 A.D. or not. It's, it's hard to say whether that was ethnic cleansing really? or what. You know, they left the area. We know that for, for a fact. Many of those Jews, if you know Jewish history, they went to uh, North Africa and they also went over to Spain and they places were wars. like that. They were wars because that was yeah. an interesting, uh, an important part of the trade routes and so yeah. on. But, you know, it, it morphed over time into ethnic cleansing for sure. Yeah. And, 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 and of course, Jews have been persecuted, including in Europe and by the Catholic Church in particular, over centuries uh, before the pogroms of the 1900s. Uh, so they have, Jerusalem's they, been a problem since Rome, yeah. right? So maybe the solution is just like, all right, you know what? There's no more Israel. There's no more Palestine. The big boys are going to come in and we're going to run this area. We're going to bring in uh, the, the, the ghost of uh, Marshal Tito in here, and we're going to keep the the Muslims and the Christian components in Yugoslavia. You're, um, you want to reconstruct <clears throat> the Ottoman Empire? <laughs> well, there is brilliance behind the Ottoman Empire. I mean, the, just like, you know, the, the earth moves in plate tectonics, right? Yeah. Continents that we see today were not continents, you know, a billion years ago. Yeah. Everything's constantly shifting. Geopolitics are shifting. I, I remember the, uh, the, the, you know, the map that I had of the world growing up as a kid with countries outlined there. All of that's been shifted. Yeah. Fall of the Soviet Union. So to think of these things as static, belonging to this one yeah. or that one, as a historian, you know, there's some fallacy in that, yeah. right? It's all what you can grab. How powerful you are able to inflict your will to keep what it is that you fought for. So well, we, well, we have to remember that context. I, 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 I do understand that. And, and you, you actually have some, uh, uh, I'm sure uh, one of your uh, fans is my brother who listens to this show. And he is of what I call that power politics perspective, which is to say, if you've got a bigger stick, then you run the, the, the prison yard. Right. That's, that's kind of the but concept. But you walk softly first. <laughs> but, and, and, and see, my point is, as a diplomat, that we have a system, very carefully crafted system since World War II, of international laws. The United Nations, uh, the International Court of Justice, uh, the uh, uh, various institutions, uh, you know, for for um, uh, child care and all kinds of uh, humanitarian relief around the world. These are part of what makes the world a safer and better place today than it was back in the time of what I call the rule of the jungle. And there's a difference. There, the, if philosophers, there's actually a concept of, of the rule of the jungle. And some people in Israel are saying that, that that's the only real rule. There are no laws. The, the rule of the jungle rules. Okay. I, I kind of fall on, I mean, <clears throat> as a, aspirationally, I'm, I'm in your camp. I aspire and optimistically want to be in your camp. Right. I'm also a real politic man. 
Yeah. I understand the rule of the jungle. And at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is your ability to, 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 to enforce your will at the barrel of a gun. That's the same. That, and, and even though we live in, a, in the longest standing democracy, most powerful, the best empire in, in the history of the world and have done more to raise the boats of the average Joe in America, yeah. right? It all comes at the barrel of a gun. So we have to be cognizant of that. All right. Well, um, I, I'm glad you at least uh, philosophically agree with totally. the, the idea that that's our aspirational so, goal. But you didn't answer my question. So maybe the next time we can do this. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. we can talk about this uh, well, at Quail Valley. We got just uh, for our audience. Uh, David will be speaking at Quail Valley um, to I'm a member of Quail Valley there. And I look forward to him. I'll be introducing him uh, there. Maybe you can we can talk well, about what doing, does a real workable two state solution yeah. look like? The I'm, I'm not going to touch that at Quail. I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to be covering India and Pakistan. That's a, oh, another great. whole whole subject. So uh, I just watched uh, a, a documentary <laughs> on PBS last night while I'm working, kind of in yeah. the background, yeah. called Beecham House. You ever, ever seen I that? I do know Beecham House, yes. and it's great. It's it really very, interesting. very well done. Yeah. Very yeah. well done. Yeah. And and uh, there's a, another one by that same uh, producer, uh, which is called um, uh, Viceroy's, uh, uh, I think it's called Viceroy's House. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's about the uh, original settlement of Israel, I'm sorry, of, of India and Pakistan uh, back at the time of 1947 when they uh, split. The British gave up, uh, Lord Mountbatten gave up uh, rule over, he was the viceroy of India. Right. And he gave up that rule and turned it over to uh, the Indians and then the Indians uh, split. So that's a that's a, a, a very good movie and so is that one that you just mentioned. Um, um, uh, Beecham House. Beecham House, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll okay. be interested to, to hear the, your, your talk. It sounds fascinating. Great. And thank the audience for listening and for Jim for filling in on Rhett. That, that is a, a, a breath of fresh air. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a different perspective. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We love yeah. Rhett. Yeah. We had a nice, uh, honest and, and frank and yet uh, uh, what you call respectful debate. Yes. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Always. always. The only way. Thank you. Well, pleasure. Yeah.